Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm glad you're here for another episode, and I'm grateful we have a poem submission for this week. And the poem comes from Karen White. And Karen's poem is about having a mother who lived with chronic depression and the importance of supporting her mother in the ways in which her mother supported her as a child. And so this poem is entitled The Root. A mesh of soft matter, no bones or joints, a seed, a speck of tender life, safe and content in your sphere of warmth, my first home, my last, your eyes the frosted glass, windows that I gazed through, then looked into, the only home I ever really knew, couldn't hold myself up, but then I grew. Like a daffodil, I grew bathing in your golden light, getting lost in the curls of your beautiful hair, those petals glistening bright. Your laughter warmed my beating heart, still attached to yours by our very own genetic osmosis. The physical umbilical cord cut from us at birth, dividing us into two, but our hearts ever intertwined, just as the grass and the root. With all that love and light you gave, I began to grow very tall, but too soon, Mama, you began to feel small by the stench of self-doubt and the sting of some things more. I tried to hold you up, Mama, but you began to fall. Downward and downward went the pull of your heart. Smiles became fewer and you couldn't stop to start. But mine would be twice as hard when yours couldn't and I'd lift you when you felt down. I couldn't stop your petals falling slowly, slowly to the ground. And all that light you bathed me in has grown my backbone firm and strong. So I pledge to you, my dear, I'll be yours too when you feel you can't go on. I'll hold you up when you can't stand and wrap you in my love. I'll stroke your curls upon my lap and sing to you from above. You were my first home, my last, your eyes the frosted glass, windows that I gazed through, then looked into, the only home I ever really knew. Now I can hold you up too, because of your light, and I still see it, Mama, golden beams peeking through, because of your light, my darling Mama, I grew. Mm, yes. Yes, Karen. Thank you. We can hear, hear the honor and the love of your mom 
and you describe your mother as a beautiful and complex person. And so I am grateful for your writing and sharing your journey with us. And this is such an important topic for each of us. It's actually going to be the focus of today's episode, which is supporting and loving uh, when we have people we care about who live with depression. And so being a support system, whether we are the children, the parent, the sibling, the partner, uh, the friend of someone who lives with depression. And this is such an important role. As we think about our homecoming journey, we have said that a part of coming home to ourselves is also having authentic relationships. And when I have authentic relationships, deep relationships, it means uh, being present even when people are going through storms or living with heavy weights uh, on their minds, their hearts, their spirits, their bodies. And so what it means to be that loving presence uh, for those that we care about. And so just before we get into the heart of the matter for uh, this episode, I want to remind you that you have uh, just about two weeks left to pre-order our homecoming book inspired by this podcast. And so I have made it simpler. Some of you were trying to find the websites where you can get the book. So I have links for the different stores uh, is now on my website. So if you go to drtama.com and that's D-R-T-H-E-M-A.com backslash homecoming, drtama.com backslash homecoming. And you will see links to different stores that are carrying the book. And you will also see where you can upload a copy of your receipt so that you can download the special guided meditation that I have created for you, as well as the healing playlist. And I continue to get messages from you all on social media and also uh, on email, homecomingpodcast at gmail.com, letting me know that you're enjoying the music in our playlist and the poem, and that you are also enjoying the guided meditation. So I am smiling at you all. I'm so happy that we are on this journey together. And so thank you. Thank you for being a part. All right. Let's turn our attention now to the heart of the matter that was so uh, beautifully opened up for us uh, from Karen in terms of the poem uh, about Karen's mom living with chronic depression. And so I encourage you to think about in this moment, uh, if you have loved ones, uh, past or present, who have struggled with depression, who have lived with depression, and what that has uh, been like in terms of the impact on you all's relationship and the ways in which you try to uh, show up for them and also how they uh, try to show up for you. So it is very important uh, for us first to start from a place of knowledge. So you want to educate yourself about depression uh, because sometimes because of lack of knowledge, we can say hurtful things um, or things that are not aligned 
uh, because we don't really understand uh, the realities of clinical depression, chronic chronic depression, major depression, right? So uh, for those who have never experienced major depression, clinical depression, uh, I want to raise for your awareness that it is deeper and more severe than sadness, right? We all have had moments when we felt sad, um, but if you have never actually experienced depression, sometimes you may unknowingly say things that are dismissive, right? So uh, depression uh, lasts for at least two weeks, right? So if you have been sad for like a weekend and you felt better by Monday, then that was not clinical depression, right? So when we think about it lasting every day for at least two weeks, and it also affects people's ability to function in life, right? So we want to keep that in mind because if we have only experienced like momentary sadness, then we might say things like, you just need to shake it off. You just need to focus on the good. You just need to be positive. Uh, you, any, anytime you put the word just in front of your suggestion, uh, that means you don't really get it, right? Because when people are struggling with fighting, uh, depression, trying to pull out of that pit, uh, there is nothing that's uh, just or simple about it. Yes. And so you really want to um, educate yourself so you can show up uh, with an inform from an informed place. Right. So what are some of the symptoms or signs uh, of depression? So people may feel uh, intense sadness, tearfulness, uh, emptiness, hopelessness, right? So if you are a hopeful or optimistic person, sometimes you may try to greet someone who's depressed with these uh, little sayings or catchphrases, um, and they can really make the person feel like you don't get it. And that may make them isolate from you, or it may make them uh, shut down into silence. Um, because they're feeling misunderstood, right? So if you can relate, if you can ever think about a moment in your life where you felt hopeless, right? Where you felt empty, then we know during those times, uh, sacred presence can often do much more than empty words or sayings, right? That sometimes we avoid people because we say like, I don't know what to say. And the reality is there isn't uh, just some magic thing to say when someone's feeling hopeless. Uh, an important piece is, am I just willing to be present with you even in the silence, right? Um, or even saying to you, I can see that you're struggling and I don't have words, but I want you to know I'm here, right? That can go a long way. Uh, sometimes people's depression can show up with irritability, or them becoming frustrated uh, by what may look to you like small matters. But when you're in a place of despair and hopelessness, what other people think of as minor is like one more uh, rock in the boulder that you are carrying. And so uh, they may become uh, more tearful, more overwhelmed. Uh, and for some people, it may even show up with anger um, because of that level of frustration 
Uh, things that used to interest them or give them pleasure, uh, they're not enjoying anymore. And so it's not personal, right? Sometimes, uh, you know, if you all used to go and hang out or you uh, used to be intimate more often and they're not interested in those things anymore, it's not so much a rejection of you personally. It is uh, not even having the capacity uh, to feel motivated, inspired, uh, pleasure, enjoyment, right? That is a part um, of the depression. Uh, some people experience insomnia um, or uh, they may not uh, be able to get up. So they're constantly sleeping, you know, can just feel like there's a weight holding them in the bed. And so it's a fight to even try uh, to get up, let alone to engage in uh, various activities, like to just wash your face and brush your teeth may be the activity that they do that day. Uh, we also want to be aware that depression takes your energy. So they may experience a lot of fatigue and that what may look to you like a small thing can take a lot of effort, right? So we want to appreciate uh, the effort when someone is depressed and let's say they show up, but they show up very late, uh, that the lateness does not demonstrate for them a lack of care but for some people, they had to fight their way through, right? They had to fight uh, their own mind, their own body, their own energy to just try to show up, right? So we want to uh, operate with compassion and with understanding. Uh, some people lose their appetite or some people have increased cravings uh, for, for food. And so as a result of that, some people, when they're depressed, lose weight. Some people, when they're depressed, gain weight. And so we want to be really mindful about the harmful things that people can say that are body shaming, right? Body shaming when people have gained a lot of weight without any compassion for what people are feeling. And we also want to be careful because sometimes people have lost a lot of weight due to depression and everybody is just praising uh, their, their new body, right? So not paying attention to their heart, their mind, their spirit, just saying, you look great. You look wonderful. And it's we want uh, to be tuned into uh, really not commentary on people's bodies, but checking in with the heart, right, of the person that we care about, that we love. Uh, some people's depression shows up as anxiety, restlessness. Um, and so being mindful not to shame people or uh, shut them down, right? It, it's not helpful to say, you just need to calm down, right? Here's that just word again uh, that can be so dismissive. Uh, when we're depressed, our thinking slows down, our speech can slow down, and even our body movements uh, can become slower. And so you think about this, um, especially if you have an adolescent who is dealing with depression. And sometimes the hurtful things that parents or family members can say that are really insensitive. When we just call people lazy or say like, what's wrong with you? Or you're being disrespectful by moving so slowly. And it's like, really take pause, take sacred pause to pay attention to uh, the people you care about, 
uh, as opposed to thinking everything is uh, an offense or everything is targeted or directed at you as a form of disrespect, uh, that people may really be struggling. Uh, we know that with depression, there can also be trouble thinking and concentrating and making decisions and even remembering things. And so we want to be mindful to be compassionate instead of assuming. Uh, sometimes we'll say things like, I know you remember that. There's no way you could forget that. Well, when someone is in that state of depression, it, there is so much that is happening in the mind um, and these negative cognitions, these negative thoughts uh, that it really can uh, slip a person's mind, right? So that may show up with difficulties at work or difficulties um, with responsibilities in the home. Uh, people may even begin to think more about death. Uh, they may think about suicide. There may be uh, um, suicidal uh, attempts. And uh, of course, some people do die by suicide. So we want to uh, take it seriously when people are beginning to have those conversations. Um, and I want to name that some people's depression uh, shows up with physical symptoms, right? It can show up in the body. And so upset stomach, uh, migraine headaches, back aches, muscle aches. And so sometimes the body uh, can be telling the story of all that we are holding, of all that we are containing. And so what it means to love someone uh, who is living with this reality is to show up with patience, with compassion, and with understanding. So I mentioned the first piece is educating yourself because we don't want to say and do things that uh, come from a place of disregard or from a place really of ignorance. We also want to be willing to bring it up and to talk about uh, with our loved one our concern for them, our care for them. I think sometimes people don't want to mention it because you say you don't want to embarrass the person. Or some people say, I don't want to talk about it because that'll make it real. And maybe if I say it, it will make them sad or make them depressed. And I want you to know that expressing concern or compassion are not shame-inducing unless you say it in a shameful way, but instead it lets people know that you notice, right? So many people talk about, I was struggling and like nobody noticed, right? No one said anything. And it's like, I'm over here feeling like I'm drowning. I'm overwhelmed and like no one's paying attention. And so instead of going uh, into let me not say anything because I don't want to embarrass them, but in instead to say, you know, I love you enough that I see you, right? And that I'm concerned, that I care, right? That I feel you, right? Um, and so having those conversations, including, you know, if people are making references to death, uh, to ask them about that. So you asking the question, does not make someone think about suicide. You asking the question does not make them feel depressed. What it does is it gives permission, which can be a relief to be able to talk about things that they can sense a lot of people don't want to hear, 
right? When we say like, how are you? And we want people to say, finding you and keep it moving, right? Some people don't have time, right? Are not willing to create time to really check in and be present. And so you want to be the kind of uh, daughter like Karen, um, or you want to be the kind of friend, the loved one uh, who checks in. And then it's important to not feel uh, that you have to carry it alone. The reality is that uh, you are not this person's therapist, right? So it's important to encourage them uh, to get support in terms of uh, mental health uh, support, work with a professional. Um, and getting therapy is not uh, shameful. Uh, having depression, living with depression, being depressed uh, does not mean that you're weak or bad. Um, and so we want to remove the stigma and the shame both around the diagnosis of depression and around help seeking, but instead to name uh, that they are deserving of care and support, right? To not have to carry it by themselves. You want to uh, communicate to your loved one that you're willing to listen and hear. And so to slow down, uh, to stop, to be present, to ask questions, and also to appreciate sacred silence, that they don't have to justify, uh, explain, defend themselves, right? That it should never be that uh, it's an argument, um, but really willing to hear and wanting to understand. And it's also important to find out from the person if they're able to communicate it to you, uh, what, if any, thing might be helpful that you want to assist them. And so sometimes people just want someone to show up and be silent, uh, that they can cry with, uh, that they can just be present with. Some people are looking for a listening ear and they do actually want to talk and will appreciate your presence. Some people are looking for suggestions, right? But not everybody is. So you want to get a sense of, are they, or are they wanting to know Maybe what has been helpful for you for you in the past, and maybe that's something they might try, or they may uh, be in a place where they don't want to hear that because they may say, you know, I've tried all those things and those things don't work for me. And so you insisting that I try it again uh, may feel like you're not really hearing them. Um, and then I want to name, along with that emotional support, an important uh, piece to offer is assistance with task. So I mentioned that people have less energy um, and uh, a smaller task can take a lot more effort. And so if you have the capacity uh, to help out in tangible ways, in concrete ways, that can be very helpful, right? So when someone is depressed to say, you know, uh, can I prepare a meal for you or can I have something uh, delivered for you? Can I uh, wash your clothes? Can I run any errands that you need? Anything you need me to pick up or, you know, what in what way uh, can I help you? Right. Specific task. And that will uh, be important for some of you 
as well, because we're all different by personality. And I know some of you may not be what we would call like the touchy-feely, warm, fuzzy person, but you are willing to do tasks. And uh, some of you are not very task-oriented, but are more like in, in, the, in your place of the heart. But you want to check in with the person and find out how you can be helpful. When someone is in a state of depression, you also want to uh, try to create a low stress environment, right? So you don't want to add uh, to people's stress. You don't want to make a lot of requests of people who are really just trying to get through the day. Um, and you also uh, want to get create a sense of routine, right? And this is you know, if you're a family member or a loved uh, one who lives with the person, you know, so there's some regularity or there's some flow uh, to the way we are going through our days. And if I don't live with this person, you know, if there's a set time that they can expect to hear from me, whether they are up to picking up or not, but they'll know like, I'm going to call and, and leave a message if you don't pick up, or I'm going to text that I want to be a consistent presence uh, we also want to be mindful that if you are encouraging someone uh, to uh, seek mental health support, to seek out uh, therapy, um, that it can be challenging trying to find a therapist while you're in the depths of depression. And so if as the friend, if you have the capacity to help with that process, I know especially now, uh, many mental health professionals, including myself, are full. And so it can take like a couple of calls. It can take some time to navigate these systems and find uh, someone. So if someone is already depressed, you know, if they make one call and like that person doesn't call back or that person is full, they may be feel exhausted and done. So if you have the energy and they and they're wanting you to help in that way, uh, that can be important. And then if someone is in therapy and or taking medication to check in to notice, you know, um, if you're seeing improvements and, you know, acknowledging that to them and also to take note if if it feels like this person is going into a deeper depression, um, that it looks like it's getting more severe to have that conversation with them, you know, that over this past month or this past week, two weeks, you know, uh, it seems like it's getting heavier for you. Uh, that's just my observation. But I'm wondering from you, is that how it feels, right? So paying attention, uh, paying attention to where people are. Uh, it also uh, is going to be uh, really important um, to continue to invite people to engage in life um, without a sense of pressure or shame, right? That sometimes people will stop reaching out to a person um, because they kept saying no or because, you know, you notice they're depressed, uh, but it can feel painful for someone who is going through and feels like everyone has forgotten about them or that no one wants to be bothered. And I know as the friend, you may feel like, well, they always say no. Um, and so maybe you can reduce the frequency of the invitations, but uh, not to totally cut it off, right? So just they, they can know in the, for us to offer it without pressure, right? That if you feel up to it, 
I'm going to go for a walk. Would you like to go and walk with me? Um, or if you're feeling up to it, a group of us are meeting for lunch. Would you like to join us? And you can stay as long or as short as you want to, right? So uh, because in depression, that isolation can really make you feel like uh, you're in it alone and that nobody cares about you, that no one loves you, that no one likes you. And so uh, for us to invite people into life, right, into life experiences to start to have something even to look forward to that, oh, this concert is coming up in a couple of months and I know you love that group. So if you feel up to it, I I would uh, love for us to go there together. And, you know, you can have in your mind so that there's not pressure. If we get two tickets and we get to that date and, and you just um, are not up to doing that, it doesn't, um, your energy is not there you know, then don't worry, right? Don't worry, no pressure. You know, there is someone uh, who can go. It's not a matter of um, financial strain or emotional pressure or weight on the person. And then the last thing I want to say, if you are the loved one, it is important to take care of yourself, right? So uh, even though you care and you love them, don't lose sight of you because you also are worthy of care. Yes. And this is what it means for us to be at home within ourselves while we also honor those we love. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body and spirit, welcome home. <laughs>